in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. What's up, everybody, and welcome to our second to last episode of the Top 10 Show. I am the outlaw, John Roca. And I am Matt Nost, and as John just uh, mentioned, uh, we're doing our final show on the 27th at 6 p.m. Pacific. That's February so, 27th. Just February. Like yep. Very true. In case people think we're taking a month off. You never know. But yes. Uh, uh, so... If you want to uh, follow along with us, we'll be uh, doing it on YouTube live. So you can go over there and watch along. And uh, and we're also taking questions in advance. If you want to take advantage of that, you can yeah. email us. We're going to try and answer as many as we get to over at patreonqa at gmail.com. So send in whatever you'd like. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N-Q-A at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, fire away. Yeah, you do not have to be a Patreon a patron to send in a question. So, send in a question. Try to keep them short and to the point. Um, certainly, you can say nice things about us. We don't mind that, but please try not to send four or five paragraphs because we have to get through them. And the last time we've done Q, the few times we've done Q and As, they've extended over four hours. So, just uh, reminding you all, just send them short and sweet. And if you want to send some nice words, that's great. And we can do it. We can read them from there. But yeah, please send them in patreonqa at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, April, uh, sorry, uh, February 27th at 6 p.m. PT. And I will create the link for the show and we'll, Matt and I will promote it and put it out there. And I was thinking it'd be fun to kind of reach out to Adam and see if he'd be willing. If we, once we decide on a top 10, maybe do old school, send Adam our top 10 lists and have him create one final oh, mock up. Yeah, mock up for both of us. That could be fun. Sure. Uh, I haven't nice. talked to him in a bit. I texted him during the pandemic a couple of times. You did? Oh, okay. I just see how he's doing. I know that, you know, uh, whatever. Text him, see how he's doing. Stuff like that. Totally. Meant yeah. to grab coffee with him sometime, but it just never came to fruition. So, yeah. Hopefully he's good. He's, he's a good dude. So, yeah. Last time I saw him was at the Spectacular last year. Um, right? No, no. 2021, not 2022, because that was the last of the. Um, Schmodown show. So yeah, 2021 is the last time I saw Adam. So yeah, we should definitely read. Uh, you know, I'll reach out to him and see what if he's up for it. Once we decide on what topic we want to do, which I think we're still navigating around. Um, yeah, we had discussed internally one thing, and then people yeah. were pitching the other day. Yes, you saw any of those? Uh, I saw a few there, of those. Yeah, there were some some good ones there. I think once mm -hmm. one person started pitching, other people jumped in, said, "All right, well, I think that's a good one, and here's another one." And there's a several uh, excellent choices, right? Um, but yeah, I don't I don't don't know that's fully settled what we're gonna do for the very last show. Yeah, but looking forward to it. How you been? It's, it's been, been a whole good. week. Yeah, I've been good. Been busy. Things are starting to ramp up again. So, you know, we've got to, as we're recording this, um, Ant Man: The Wasp: Quantumania comes out this weekend. I already did my review and reaction to it. I got to see. I drove up to L.A. to see Creed three early which I liked um, on par with Creed 2. 
So if you like Creed 2, I think you're in a good spot. Really tough to beat Ryan Coogler. So I'm not surprised Michael didn't quite get to the Coogler status. And um, and Picard is coming out today, which everybody is saying is excellent, even the people who didn't like season two. So that gets me more excited to see what we got there. But And Mandalorian is only a few days away. Fucking Bad Batch is still going on. Like it is. And then we got that flash trailer, Matt. So there's so it's all starting to ramp up now. January was nice. Now it's all it's about to go crazy here, man. How are you? Yeah, that flash trailer, I was surprised, actually looked good. Yeah, I know, right? But there is a point at which, like, how much fucking nostalgia core. <laughs> it, when is enough enough? And I'm not saying this is DC's fault because yeah, yeah, yeah. there have been others that have been doing this. Um, plus, then there's the whole Ezra thing. So I'm watching it going, this looks pretty good. Boy, he still seems like a shit heel. Yeah, uh, yeah. They um yeah, they've they've gotten in a lot of trouble. And certainly a lot of people were commenting um about them and about the stuff that they've done and how they feel about it confronting this movie. And you know, here's the truth of it, dude. Everyone is um not everyone, how can I say this? Everyone on the progressive side of things is progressive to a limit, to a to a to a line, right? And certainly a lot of people who advocate for nonviolence towards women and nonviolence towards people, they're really having a come to Jesus moment from that trailer. And you're seeing a lot of people who would normally not patronize a project uh with someone like that at the lead, um, having to really kind of come to terms with themselves and realize that there's limits to their stances and they're going to go see the movie. And I'm certainly going to go see the movie, even though I don't support what he did, what they did and what they got in trouble for. And we'll see what the court case ends up being. But um, yeah, it's tough because there's so much in that trailer that was new and different and interesting and, and uh, combining the, the universes, you know, we've got the Zack Snyder verse that is totally man of steel shit that you're seeing combined with, this new path that they're walking. How is Michael Keaton's Batman a part of this? Ben Affleck, obviously from the Snyderverse. What is his Batman's role in all of this? Mm-hmm. And there are rumors about a Gal Gadot cameo, about a Henry Cavill cameo, or not. And there are rumors that they're doing reshoots so that they can launch the James Gunn universe. And it is his universe. I don't give a fuck what he says. It is his universe off of what um, uh, what happens here at the end yeah. of the movie. So there's a lot. Got a lot of heavy lifting in this film. It is. I was just surprised that Gunn said basically he was open to keeping Ezra. Mm. It's like, wow, you're jettisoning so many other people. This dude I know. seems like he comes with so much baggage that he's created for himself. Yeah. If you're gonna start over with all these other characters, I don't understand why you don't start over here, but yeah, you know, I'm not in those discussions. <laughs> I don't believe no. anything anybody says anymore. I really don't. I don't believe a fucking word they say about anything because there's dude there's we're not it's not just us sitting at a coffee shop talking to a guy about something right like like, there is so many factors there are so many um outside stuff inside stuff that they all have to navigate at those high levels that trying to pull it all the way down to a lower level man on the street type conversation you're in the wrong ballpark for that kind of conversation they're up there there's board there's board people that they have to satisfy. There's investors they have to satisfy. They have to look at who can they pay contracts to. 
They yeah. just let go of 7,000. Oh, no, sorry. Warner Brothers just had a bunch of cuts. They canceled a bunch of shows. They've shelved a bunch of shit. So they don't pay residuals to actors and produce and creators. They are trying to save money. So how much is Gal Gadot commanding? How much is Ben Affleck commanding? How much is Henry Cavill commanding? How, and is Jason Momoa sticking around or moving to Lobo? There's so much they have to navigate. I bet Ezra, because of all the shit he, they've pulled, is not, it doesn't have a high asking price. So maybe for in their minds and the board's minds and Zaslav's minds, they're like, well, we can do this with this character and this guy and this person rather at this level. Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot though that's going on that, like you said, Matt, we have no fucking idea what's going on behind the scenes. No. I mean, certain like Affleck, you're cut, buddy. Yes, right. Yeah. It's you have other stuff. You have a career beyond this. Right. You know, you're fine. And I, I would imagine they could easily find a way to say, hey, let's part ways, you know, as friends. Yeah. Uh, some of the others, it's it's more bitter because it's like, what else do they are, are they doing right now currently in the public eye yeah, to yeah. this degree? Whereas, yeah, Affleck has that Phil Knight movie coming. Looks interesting. Yes. What'd you think of that one? What'd you think of that one? I, I already know the story of how they got right. Jordan and all that stuff. Right. It's a good story. Yeah. So it would make for a good movie. So uh, finally seeing it. Plus, he does kind of look like Knight. Yeah, he does, it. right? Kind yeah. of interesting. Damon uh, doesn't look a fucking thing like Sonny Vaccaro, though. No. Not, not a fucking thing like him, man. <laughs> yeah, but Sonny Vaccaro, is, that's a difficult one to cast. Yeah. <laughs> Abe Vigoda is not around anymore. He might look yeah, but Abe you need like Abe Vigoda meets Michael Chiklis. Like you need it. So that's a specific type. I guess maybe J.K. Simmons, but J.K. Simmons needs to be more. Oh, J.K. could do it. Yeah, he yeah. could, but yeah, he needs to be more Abe Vigoda. He needs to be more yeah. um, Jerry Tarkanian. Oh, oh God, I was sitting there going, who's the running Rebels coach? I was thinking of biting the town. I was like, yep. what was his fucking name? Yeah, yep. he's Tark. Tark the shark, man. Yeah. Uh, that's that's tough. I can't think of an actor that looks like Tarkanian. Exactly. No. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't. I think you're right with uh, J.K. Simmons. That's the way you could have gone with a guy, but I don't know. Yeah, are there anybody from The Sopranos that would look like him? You know, because there's a lot of Italian actors, and I think Vaccaro was Italian. So, don't quote me on that, anybody. Don't get upset. I don't know. I think. So. Yeah, I'd be shocked if he wasn't Italian. Yeah. Sonny Vaccaro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Not Italian. All right, you got you fooled me. You fooled me. I've only known one Sonny that wasn't Italian. John John Paul Vincent Sonny Vaccaro. I feel like <laughs> oh, yeah, no, 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 not at all. John Paul Vincent, perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people forget. Like there was a time when Nike was behind Converse. For God's sakes, Nike wasn't even in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. When they like signed Puma. Jordan, it was like at some athletic event where all the athletes were and whatnot, and everybody wanted to sign with Converse. Everybody yep. wanted to sign with Converse. Yeah. Yep. And Nike was there just like, hey, hey, what about us? Say, yeah. Uh, trying to get meetings left and right. And everybody's like, nah, I'm going to go with uh, Converse. Yeah. People forget, man. Like Puma was ahead of Nike at the time. All those tennis people with all their shoes, the tennis brands with their shoes. Yeah. Like I think Fila was ahead of Nike at the time. So 100%. 
there was a lot of name brands that had gone from overseas who were successful. Diodora was probably six Adidas, I'm sure, was a little bit ahead at the time. So yeah, you'd assume Adidas, Reebok. Yeah, Reebok, yeah. Uh although I don't I don't know when Reebok came onto the scene. But I know Adidas and Puma and Diodora and Converse. Yeah. Those were all around. Yeah. Yeah. And but apparently like- you're not gonna see Jordan in the movie. I mean, you're going to see him from behind and stuff, but you're not going to, they, they have no actor who's. I think that's smart. Been announced as Jordan. Yeah, it's really interesting. Because his looming presence is more than enough. Just to be the, basically the Moby Dick of the story. That's <laughs> what he is. I mean, yeah. they're trying to land the great white whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Jordan ultimately ends up becoming. It's fascinating too, because like, you know, the, the narrative with Jordan is always around his dad and his dad's dying and, you know, him winning that title and, breaking down in the locker room but his mom sometimes gets forgotten in the conversation and his mom it was a massive driving force in his life and so casting viola davis confirms that even more when you cast an actress like that who's oh yeah so powerful you know uh yeah but that, i mean that looked good there were a couple of movie trailers i intentionally uh did not listen to the Indiana jones i have yet to okay although you, i had one person cold? what's that are you going in cold as best I can, but I already had one person offhandedly be like, ah, I think this one's about this. And like, motherfucker, I don't want to know what your thoughts are. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yeah, but I, he's pretty astute. So yeah. now I'm like, I'm guessing he's right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't want to know. I'm going to go see it. Even if everybody says it's terrible, mm-hmm. I'm going to go see it. Yeah, I'm starting to sense like from the responses of people online and some of the chatter you're seeing are people like really worried about that movie that it's not going to be good and that it's of course the last one was terrible yeah the last one was dog shit but mangold did a great logan so hope you know exactly and they haven't seen it so go ahead and fret away right 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 because those same people were probably saying oh quantum mania looks good and uh i liked it so you know don't put me wow I'll tell you this much. After watching it, Paul got up and personally apologized. <laughs> sure he did. Sure he, he did. did. Evangeline stood up and said, I got vaccinated for this and just stormed out of the room. <laughs> she most certainly like, did not get vaccinated. <laughs> I, eventually, she didn't want to tell anybody. No, no. Her and uh, Letitia Wright together. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's going to be fascinating um so much is going to be happening i mean i think youtube is going to have smoke coming off of it uh by the time the summer's over man because so many of these films are coming out and shows are coming out it's going to be crazy you know, it's, speaking of youtube they've mm. got the nfl yeah God, this is going to be interesting i i have youtube tv i've had it for three years now and uh because i cut the cord well, and ellis bragging guys no, 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 somebody's bragging ellis hi money bags tell us about youtube tv <laughs> it's cheaper than cable it was cheaper than cable <laughs> so ellis oh, texted me when the news came down he texted me he goes all right shithead i guess i'm gonna finally join youtube tv because he's always like every few months he'll text me and go should i cut the cord man well tell me about youtube tv i'm like dude it's 60 bucks and you get all this kind of stuff. You can watch it wherever you fucking go. Sometimes you're ahead. Sometimes you're behind on sports stuff. But it's never by more than a few seconds. So it's never bothered me. I like YouTube TV. I like that I can pop it on my fucking iPad or on my phone or mm-hmm. on the TV itself. Um, so, yeah. So Well, I'm, that's their gamble. They're paying yeah. through the nose for it. So Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, 
Yeah. But the Prime is staying, right? The Thursday night games are still staying on Prime. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazon paid a lot of money for that. Yeah. For their one crappy game a week. Thursday games are the worst. The absolute to the worst. red zone though, Matt. Are we out of the red zone? Is there no red zone now with uh Well, that was a direct TV. Yeah. I actually know somebody's yeah, that goes away. He's now out of a job. Yeah. Uh yeah, he I think elevated to eventually he is the floor director, the guy that oversees. So mm-hmm. there's a room here in LA. He asked me if I wanted to do it a couple times where you're just assigned a game and you yeah. have a headset. And if it gets down within the 20, you let the, basically the floor operator director, whatever, know. Yeah. And then they'll let powers that be, Hey, might want to switch scoring opportunity here. Right. Right. And, uh, but yeah, it's supposed to be like, you got to sit there all day. That was the thing. It's like, and you get assigned the game. You don't get a choice. Mm. It's like, I don't know if I want to watch, you know, fucking, it was like five years ago, six years ago. Do I want to watch Panthers versus Jags? (laughs) No, no, I don't. It's a roulette wheel. Yeah. It could be the phenomenal game and I'd be watching anyway. Well, there's two different guys that do it. There's one for direct TV and one for, um, yeah, because uh, yeah, it's two different guys, and they have the same situation. Like uh, I think one's in New York, one's in LA, mm. and the same kind of situation, but two different hosts for the different streaming services. I can't remember who the, I think it's the Xfinity or whatever. It's a different okay. guy. So yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Red Zone's the only one that I've seen. Yeah, is your guy blonde? Like, does he have the sandy blonde hair, or does he have the the darker hair? Oh no, he's behind the scenes. He's not the Oh, oh, oh no, I'm talking about the on. host. I'm talking about the host. But Oh, uh Oh shit, I'd have to look up his picture to be perfectly okay. frank yeah. cuz I haven't watched Red Zone in a couple of years. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I still I watch. It's the only cuz I I paid for the package. Oh, speaking of which. Now the NFL season's over, I should take that off. But I paid for the sports package every month on it's 10 extra bucks on YouTube TV so I could have the Red Zone cuz I didn't want to buy the direct ticket thing. So now that it's going to be on YouTube TV, that's that's going to save me some fucking money for sure, you know, because that shit's like three hundred dollars to get it. So. Yeah, that's. I've never paid for it. <laughs> well, it must be nice. I. It's it's I, it wasn't part of my essential diet, <laughs> so I didn't feel it justified. Gotcha. Uh, I, it's great. Right at that price point, mm-hmm. it's not that great to me. Fair point. I would rather spend my money on other things. That's why I don't get the league pass because I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and watch five NBA games in one night. It's not going to happen. I'll watch one game tops. And so it doesn't make sense to me to. Spend. I mean, there are nights where I watch three and four games. Yeah. See, whereas I would, there are Sundays where I'm watching. I'm lo- I love all the cut ins. And what you're talking about, I probably would have done that no problem if that offer had come down my way because I don't care who I'm watching. It's just fun to watch football. Uh, I mean, you know, it was a catered spread with just top of the line catering and you're just sitting there all day watching football and you get paid. I was like, it's not bad, but it's, not a bad it's one of those things of, I wish I could just do it once or twice a month as you're opposed right. to no, well, you're starting. Yeah. You're starting in preseason. If you're signing up for this yeah. and you're rolling through until we basically don't need you anymore at the end of the season. Right, right, right. It's like, I don't want to do that for four months. I don't. It's only one day a week, though, right? Yeah, but then what happens if I'm out of town? I have something oh, yeah. scheduled. I've got to, you know, so what? Now I've got to take a flight to get me back for the East Coast games 
to make sure that I'm there to sit on a couch. Like, I don't know. It just didn't at the time. I was like, I, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. For me to do this. Depend on the money. I think if, if yeah, the money wasn't good, yeah, it was, it was fine. Right. Right. For what you got. Yeah. It wasn't like, this is a no brainer. I'm clearly yeah. doing this. Cause there are those jobs that you've been offered. I've been offered. Yeah. yeah. They're just like, here's an obscene amount of money. And you're like, okay, I'll, what do you want me to say? Yeah, exactly. How long do you want me on the mic? I'll yeah, say. it's no problem. <laughs> what do you want? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are other ones who are just like, you, you do the calculus of, uh, I don't think this is worth it to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, learning to, that you don't have to say yes to everything that comes across your table is it's a good day. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's very nice. Um, all right. Do we want to, anything else you wanted to talk about? Anything you want to get into? Uh, not specifically, no. Okay. How are you feeling now after the Super Bowl? What were your feelings about this? We haven't talked about that. What's your take? About I mean, the- I slightly favor the Chiefs. That ultimately mm-hmm. ended up being the case. Who's bragging now? Who's bragging now? It's not even. I it was like, I, I think this is a, a 51-49 kind of split situation and basically ended up somewhat being that. First half was all Eagles. Second half was all KC. Yeah. Bullshit penalty late. We can all agree on that. Uh, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I mean, by the letter of the law, yes. Technically, yeah. But, sure. But come on. You know, you hadn't called it that. a couple other instances that were more flagrant earlier. Oh, yeah. 100%. So at that pivotal moment, yeah. even though I was kind of pulling for KC just because I got more friends from KC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd have been happy if the Eagles won. I didn't really care. I just thought they should have had a chance to come down the field and see what they could do. Let the game, let the players play, let the game go to where it's supposed to go. You know, you're only hearing Casey Homer's uh, say that it's a legitimate call. They should have called it. It's all fair. Most everyone else on the outside who didn't have a dog in the hunt uh, thought they shouldn't have called it so that we could just enjoy to seeing what Jalen Hurts can do. And look, if you're a Super Bowl championship winning team, your defense should be able to stop Jalen Hurts on a on a possible game winning drive and you earn, should, your, earn your title. Yeah, you could say the same thing about Philly. Where was that fucking vaunted defense uh, in the second half? Yeah, I mean they completely- not here the first. But I mean they they got a no. what two three and outs in the first half, but that's about it. They didn't get a sack. They didn't, no, they didn't get a sack the whole game. You're right. Yeah. yeah, they. I don't think they tipped a single pass. I know. Right. I don't, you know, I don't remember many quarterback pressures. But they only scored seven points on the offense in that first half, the KC offense. The vaunted KC offense only had seven points. It was tied because, or it was, they had 14 because of the yeah, fumble. Yeah, that, that defensive yeah. score. Yeah, in the second half, they just housed them. Yeah, they did. I think they did a lot of game planning. I mean, I think, I think you know, these, these guys who were really like, like Andy is clearly, a, you know, a football mind. I'm sure as the game was going along, he is talking to his offensive core with the enemy. And he's like, no, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. This is what's going on. Let's we'll adjust this. We'll adjust this. We'll adjust this. We'll adjust this. Let's get him into the locker room uh, and we'll figure it out. You know, and they certainly did because they came out like gangbusters in that second half. And the Eagles, that defensive coordinator had no response. And the son of a bitch took a head coaching job like three days after the Super Bowl. He left the Eagles. So Maybe my man wasn't 100% focused on a fucking game but to figure out how to stop these Chiefs. I'm sure Maybe he was. that's why they brought in Vic Fangio off the street to help them get ready for these Chiefs. But The interesting thing is, had they won Eagles, Fangio would have gotten a ring. 
I, that's crazy. Yeah. Kind of a backdoor way of getting a ring, but all right. It, yeah, it almost seemed like the second the they were setting up the second half and the first half by running so much action for Kelsey that they used him as a decoy more often than not in the second half. Good point. Good point. to draw a second defender, and then suddenly you've got Sky Moore open and a bunch of other things on just wide open. On it was insane. How open good action, but it wasn't this this clandestine subterfuge of how did he break out of that? Uh, but yeah, it's a solid game. Yeah, up until the yeah. very end, wasn't the you know. I'm not going to cry foul of it because uh, right. KC was just had KC basically like been clawing their way back. And then they, they needed this break to get it. Then you'd be like this, this is egregious, but second half KC owned them. Yeah. So just, and uh, I love, was it McKinnon that did the slide to keep the clock running? That's yes. Some smart. Yeah. Bat, that's some smart football right there. It was no Ahmad Bradshaw falling yeah. into the end zone. Yeah leaving like almost two minutes left on the clock. Nope. I'll slide. And then that takes another 35 seconds off the clock. And it's like, that is smart as shit. Mm -hmm. Way to sacrifice your own glory for the team. Yeah. And that's good coaching, Matt, right? That's what you see. You, you, you drill it into them that they're going to let you score in these kinds of situations. Don't do it. Go down. They have no timeouts. I'm sure Patrick or, or Andy was talking to them. These are the, and being me, these are the possibilities. This is what you got to be focusing on. If it happens, go down inbounds so the mm-hmm. clock keeps running, you know. So and he just barely did it too. Yeah, I know. Like the perfect right in that corner, tuck stops, and like there it is, done. I thought he was gonna slip in. I thought he was gonna just like stumble. It looks like it, zone, but yeah. As he starts to slide, and it's like, oh shit, is he gonna go out or into the end zone? Either is the worst outcome. Yeah. And to stop just short, you're like, good for you, man. <laughs> Smart, yeah. Yeah, they played a smart second half, and the Eagles didn't have a response, but uh, a good enough response, even though, you know, Jalen had a great drive down there to tie the game and get that two-point conversion. So, you know, great players show up at critical moments, and he certainly yeah. did to put the Eagles and then that, in a position. You know. The worst Hail Mary I think I've ever seen. Oh, my God. <laughs> I felt so that? bad. He went to throw it, and it went, and I was like, did he get injured? What's going on? <laughs> like, as he's throwing it, I thought maybe he blew out his Achilles. It was a that's basically how far I can throw a football. <laughs> and he's got an arm. He does. He has an arm. He showed clearly. it in the first half. He could yeah. air the ball out. Yeah. He must uh, that shoulder must have come back a little bit. Oh yeah, who knows? Maybe he slipped. I don't know. That yeah. was weird. That was a weird way to end it. Like it was on I think he only made it to like the 30 yard line or the 20 yard line. It was bad. Yeah, I'm always jealous of those guys that have just guns of arms. Like I, my, I can throw a ball longer than that. Okay. I think, I think the max I could probably throw it would be like 30, 35, maybe oh, on my best good. day, 40 yards. Gotcha. Like still, a, a good, still? a good ball. Yeah, yeah, because it's just mechanics. Right. Um, but beyond that, like I've got friends that I know could launch it. Yeah. Just a crazy distance. It's like watching. Yeah. Pick. Like when Vic, God, man, Vic in his prime, when he would let go of that ball and it would go like 70 fucking yards, it was insane how strong he was with his mechanics and throwing the ball. Like I just, I was always, I always marveled at, or Randall, like when Randall or Cunningham could throw that ball, like fucking 60, 70 yards, it was always insane yeah. to witness. Like you're like, it seems like it's nothing. It seems like it's nothing to toss a ball like that. And now I'm thinking about the distance of 40 yards. I think that's pushing it personally. So. <laughs> Let's just stick with 30. Okay. I'm pretty sure I could safely hit 30. 40 seems like a little too far. 
Oof. It's 40 is a distant guy. I just visualized myself in the end zone thinking about, can you tell me you can really make it on a non duck? Yeah. Non duck straight spiral. It doesn't have to be a laser. It doesn't have to, you know, but get it there to where it's not a fucking duck. Would you put an arc on it? Fuck. Yeah. Okay. I don't have the arm strength for a laser 30 yards. Right. Right. It have to, there'd have to be some arc. I've got to, you know, cock back and do as best I can. It's, I get I get at thirty. You want it for our final episode? You want to go out to a field, see how far, how far we can throw? It? Look, I, I, I love you, man, but I'm not driving up, so you can figure. We'll meet halfway. Come on. Damn Down to Clemente. Put a Zoom camera. Put a Zoom camera. And I will watch you on Zoom. Someone holding the Zoom. Have nah, Catherine, dude. We already agreed to do the last show shirtless. You That's tell me. Not, you won't no, go throw I, the I don't think I agreed to that. I don't you think did. I agreed to that. You did. You did. You said well. I mean, technically, you said you would do it for a couple minutes, and then you put your shirt back yeah, on. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'll probably do that. You probably will do that. My ass, you're never going to do that. No, no, I'm ashamed of my body. I won't take my shirt. John, we want to see. We everybody wants to see both of us without our no, shirts on. No, no. This <laughs> <laughs> body without a shirt on. I'm Last second Patreon tier. <laughs> Private guns out show. Hey oh, hey, yeah. Everybody, if you all donate at the fifty dollar and above, one last time. Oh, man. Um, Speaking of which, you excited yeah. for that last Magic Mike? Because they needed another one in this canon. I turned down the screening because oh, how dare you? I knew it was going to be terrible. And then when people went, um, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm done. I, I thank God I didn't go see this thing because it looked horrible. And I was right. You know, so I'm not surprised to see the negative. And here, listen, I'll probably get in trouble for this, but whatever it's. Salma Hayek is an okay actress and she doesn't put butts in seats. And if you're going from Tandy Newton down to Salma Hayek and you are going down to Salma Hayek, this is the kind of performance and this is the kind of energy you're going to get in the movie. And so that's what happens. I mean, the hitman's wife's bodyguard, she's so funny in that film. She really is. That's her thing, right? But that's not always what you're going to get to see from them, from her. And people don't necessarily want to go see her in these movies anymore. You know, so you're not going to make a lot of money with Salma Hayek. I'm not saying Tanny Newton's putting butts in seats, but that's a better actress. And so there's, I mean, could you put Salma Hayek in Westworld and think it's going to be the same show? No, there's more depth to Tandy and what she brings. Sure. So I think that the movie was missing that seriousness and a little more complexity because it is Soderbergh, you know, and Soderbergh did the, the the first couple of movies, I think. And so you're laying, you're creating a world here that is so much better than it has any right to be because of the people involved in it. So if you're going to cast someone like Salma, who's an okay actress, um, and look, don't give me Frida, you know, please. Uh, then, yeah, okay, this is the kind of level of movie you're going to get. And so in the end, that's what happens. You know, I, It's a shame. Never seen any of the others, so then they're like oh. one one final time. Like, all right, <laughs> sure there is an audience for this. I'm shocked. And, and, yeah, it. and I'm not saying Channing is a fucking you know groundbreaking actor either. So let's let's be fair. I'm being fair to both of them here and saying like you, you know it's it's I think both have issues when it comes to acting. So oh, did he do the the last do one? what the last one? It is Soderbergh. So yeah, yeah. And usually Soderbergh can get great performances. I mean, 
J-Lo's another one. J-Lo is very spotty in terms of performances, but like Hustlers, she was damn good in Hustlers, and she's damn good and out of sight. Oh, you know? Speaking of J-Lo, did you see the clips of her and Ben Affleck at the Grammys? Dude, loved it. <laughs> it felt so bad for Ben. Ben's so like, bad. What the fuck am I doing here with these yeah, kids? Yeah, looking around like, oh. The, I mean, I'm used to being a room full of pompous windbags, but this is taking a cake. <laughs> yeah, I think Ben is at that stage now. And Matt, you and I are a little, you know, we're, we have difference in age, but like we're at that age. It's like, yeah, I'm a world man. man. Yeah. Do you want to sit in a room with all these people trying no. to fucking take selfies and be all about themselves? And look, they're all extremely talented or they wouldn't be in the fucking room. But this doesn't mean you 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 want to yeah. be around that energy and. Look, J-Lo's still trying to hold on. She's in her 50s. She still wants to be relevant and popular and make that money. You respect that it's brand work, and God love her. She's been able to make a lot of money doing what she does. But Ben ain't about that life, man. Ben is much more probably a fucking homebody. You know, go down to the local fucking dive bar and have a few beers with Damon or somebody. He ain't about showing up at those places. He probably felt like a dad sitting with a bunch of kids. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? You know, so I'm not surprised by it. No, the Grams has always been ridiculous to me. So him, I I wouldn't want to sit through. That'd be like the one award show I would not want to sit through. Yeah. That being said, though, one of the seat fillers who was at the table, she did a TikTok and said, like, Ben was aware and Jayla was aware that people were talking about him. She was showing him memes of him that were popping up that night on Mm. Twitter immediately after those videos were going around or pictures were going around. So you know, she had a good laugh about it, and so did he. So he was he was he was aware of what was happening. It wasn't like he's like, you know, I'm just so out of it, or whatever that they like to paint Ben Affleck as. And you know, just he was a fucking smart dude. That that Dunkin' Donuts commercial that might be my favorite commercial of the Super Bowl. Fucking him in Medford, Massachusetts. The outtakes are even funnier. Yeah, I only yeah. saw like uh, I caught the very end of it when she's chastising him. Yeah, that was she did a great job with that. That was funny. Uh, I didn't see the setup or any of the rest of it. I. Sometimes I could go like the next day. Oh, what were the commercials I missed? I didn't really yeah. care this year. <laughs> I, I don't like it. I, yeah. I think it's been two, three years since I've looked up to see what the commercials were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that used to be huge. Though. I'd be like, oh, what, oh were yeah. the, what were the ones I missed? Or the general consensus of, do we all agree these are the better ones and these were the shittier ones? Yeah. Uh yeah, I didn't do it this year. Not to say that the commercials were bad. I just uh, I didn't even think about it. To be perfectly honest, yeah, there were a few of them that I enjoyed. But yeah, over, I mean, there was a really there's a incredible dog one that just if you're a dog lover at all, it'll fucking shatter you in half. And then, I heard uh, about it. Didn't see yeah, it. Farmer's Dog. I think it was what it was called. But I liked the Squarespace one with Adam Driver, which was essentially doing a sure. Keanu Reeves. And um, yeah, and there was there was a few other ones that I thought were really good. The, the fights, the beer one about Blue Moon, the fight one in the bar was good too. Um, yeah, I didn't understand that because it was just free advertising for Coors Light and Miller Light. Yeah, that was weird, right? Yeah, yeah. you're right. Like 55 seconds of the minute commercial is you're talking about yeah. two other beers. Miller Light, no Coors Light, no Miller Light, no Coors Light. Actually, Blue Moon. Cut. Okay. You just said the competitors, although I don't think of those direct competitors, but whatever. Yeah, no, I don't either. It's a completely different type of beer. It is. It's not even in the same ballpark as Miller Light or Coors Light. No, those are in a different realm. Those are your yeah. Bud Lights and your fucking... Right, right. That's more the... Yeah. You could rattle off all the brands that you associate with that, and then Blue Moon is not quite 
the small brewery, whatever else, but that was yeah. the big breweries trying to like, hey, we can make some better shit. It's more Sam Adams. Like that's more exactly. There you go. Sure, Sam Adams, Line and Kugels. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's, uh, whatever that tier. Still not as good as the some other stuff. Although it's yeah. been years since I've had a beer, so I don't even know what the best brands are anymore. <laughs> I don't know what I would like. What else were you gonna? What else happened over the? I thought we we're gonna. I thought you were gonna ask me about something else, but I think I forgot about. It. Oh, Ben Affleck. Yeah. No, did we talk about it already? Yeah, I guess we did. All right. Yeah. I guess. Okay. okay. Anything sports wise other than the Super Bowl? Anything? Nah, we can keep going and going. You just okay. want to jump into the show? Yeah, let's I mean, do it. Thirty-six let's minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's jump into it. All right. So we're counting down our top ten films about drugs or drug movies. Mm-hmm. Um, because of what is coming out? What Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear, that's right. The Elizabeth Banks film Cocaine Bear with the uh, late, great Ray Liotta amongst the many cast members of that film. So, yeah, a solid cast. Yeah, very solid cast. Uh, was it Sebastian Stan's in this thing? Uh, uh, Sebastian Stan, was it? Is it Margot Martindale is in yeah, this? Margot Martindale. Uh, is Emile Hirsch in this? I saw... In the the trailer, I saw someone take it aback, and I was like, "Oh fuck, is that Emil Hirsch? I don't is think so." Emil but I, would, I wouldn't like be surprised. I mean, it's, you know, it's been a while since End of the Wild. Yeah. Carrie Russell, yes. Oh Carrie no, I'm Russell? not. Sorry. I'm sorry, it's not Sebastian Stan. Sorry, guys, it's Alden Ehrenreich. I kind of sometimes get those two mixed up. Uh, maybe that's where I'm getting my. Yeah. O'Shea Jackson Jr. is in the cast. He is in the cast. He's Isaiah the Whitlock Jr. Bob. He's playing Bob, the guy from uh, The Wire. Shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he throws a cocaine brick off of a uh, roof to right. distract right. the bear. My man Tormund Giantsbane from Game of Thrones, Christopher Hivju is in this thing, and Jesse Tyler Fagan is in this thing, too. It was like a string of letters that didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I don't know where his actual name was and where the character's name was. Oh, right. Oh, sorry. I threw them all together. That's a fair point. It's okay. Clarification's probably not going to help. I'd have to read it. Oh, yeah. And Mark Mothersbaugh doing the uh, music there. Mr. Devo. Mark Mothersbaugh. So, shout out to him. But Uh, yeah, Cocaine Bear. Yeah. So, uh, top 10 films about drugs. Uh, The way it works is Matt and I pick a topic. We uh, count it down. We do the first five uh, to take a break and do the next five. That's basically how it goes. And then we'll combine it at the end of the show. So, Matt, what do you got at number 10? Um, <clears throat> so I uh, just chose movies we have we either haven't ever talked about Ooh. or maybe they've come up one time. Okay. Because there's so many drug movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even that, I just stopped looking after a while. And I was like, I've got enough for <laughs> I'm a cool. solid list. Yeah, yeah I'm good. Because the the... The 10 that would make it, yeah. I think eight of them have made a shitload of our list. So I was like, oh, what's the point of that? Fair point. Um, so at 10, I've got Wonderland, the Val Kilmer about uh, Johnny Holmes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where it's drug. It's also a robbery where they're trying to like sell. I can't remember what they're trying to sell to mm-hmm. one dude. And the dude doesn't want it, uh, but he steals it from Holmes anyway. Yeah. Then Holmes goes back and tells the people that he knows that gave him whatever the fuck that was. I still can't remember. Yeah. Uh, and they decide, well, why don't we just go rob him and take that and everything he's got? But that guy is into drugs and they're all into drugs. I mean, I think it, it opens with Holmes doing, you know, a line or two. Yeah. 
uh, it's based on this is a true story that happened, which is the Wonderland murders. Yeah. And uh, that's there was an apartment building up near the Hollywood sign. And all the people that did the robbery lived there and they went back to there and the dude that the, he, they robbed showed up to their apartment and fucking killed them all. And Jesus. yeah. And got Holmes to participate because he's the one yeah. that basically told them about the opportunity to rob him. Wow. And it's a fucked up story. I got to see this. But va- so the critic and audience consensus, I think, is kind of a roller coaster mm-hmm. up and down. Mm-hmm. I think Kilmer does a really good job playing Holmes. Okay. And I found it very interesting. I think it's definitely worth a watch. I don't know how many times I'm going to rewatch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As with a lot of movies that deal with a tremendous amount of drugs. Yeah. Uh, some of them are very enjoyable. I'll happily watch again. Others are fucking brutal and I don't ever want to see again. Uh, runs in the gamut. Uh, but this one is, I think it's, you know, you got him. Let's see who else is in this. Lisa Kudrow. Oh, okay. I think Kate Bosworth. Oh, okay. That's not a selling point for me, but all right. Well, Kudrow plays his wife. Bosworth plays his girlfriend. I believe mm. it was. Uh, I think Eric Bogosian is the, the bad guy. Exactly. I like Bogosian. He's a good bad guy. Solid bad guy. And then after that, I'd have to look at their IMDb. I can't remember who else was in it. Okay. All right. Good choice. Uh, do you remember who directed it? I do not. It's a good question. I, I remember it coming out. I remember it getting kind of mixed reviews. Yeah. Mixed is yeah. accurate. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Bosworth is in it. Christina Applegate is in it. Carrie Fisher is in it. James Cox directed. Oh, James Cox. Cox. <laughs> yep. Cock, you singularized it. I did. I, you know, it's John Holmes, man. What can I tell you? Um, yeah, interesting. I don't think I saw anything of his after that or before that. No. Looking see. at it, I don't. Yeah. Don't believe I've seen anything else. Um, okay. What's your nine? Uh, my number nine is Air America. Oh, the Mel wait, Gibson. The Mel Gibson, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Nice, nice. Go ahead. That if you go look on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's like a 17% critic and a 34% audience. Yeah, it was bad. I remember watching. I remember enjoying it. I wrote it down and then I went to to look it up to be like, oh, let's see. It's been years. And I saw that and I was like, holy shit. I'm still going to go with my memory of enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Which I can't remember if it's, you know, based on a true story, but... It's it's their affront for the CIA who are running guns and drugs. Right. Actually, right. I think it's the CIA is running guns, and then on the side, some of the locals want them to run drugs for them. So they're oh. running heroin. Gotcha. As part, of, I believe that's what it is. Okay. But you could also sell me on the CIA was in on the heroin shipments as well because right. they just added that to their overall slush fund where they could do illegal activities around the world. CIA right. has right. done that. Um. And at that time when it came out, look, I'm going to watch anything Mel Gibson is in. Yeah. And Robert Downey Jr. I was kind of iffy on at that point. Okay. I liked some things he was in. I I didn't like other things. Okay. Like I still have a bad taste in my mouth from less than zero. I don't like that movie. Oh yeah. It's a rough movie. Yeah. It's another drug. I watched that when I was a kid. Should not watch that as a kid. No. Um, Yeah. When he goes to, what is he, fillet a drug dealer to yeah. uh, get more drugs? That's what I thought it was an interesting choice of term. You said, leave me a bad taste in your mouth. But yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I, I don't know what kind of taste that left in his mouth. Maybe he enjoyed it. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that gentleman spruces up, does a nice job, drinks a lot of pineapple juice. I don't know. Um, but Air America, you don't want to jump in on the pineapple juice? The best joke I think I've ever I'm seen. I'm staying out of that one. I'm staying out of that <laughs> The best joke I ever saw for that is a comic I know put out and was like, it's not like I'm some dick sommelier where I can fucking, you know, basically judge all these vintages. I don't care if there's pineapple juice. <laughs> like, that's a good point. Uh, but so Air America is, is, you know, they're in Southeast Asia and they're helicopter pilots. And yeah. Downey Jr. gets recruited from the States and Mel Gibson is already there. Mel Gibson is basically doing the cliche of like one more big job and I'm out. Yeah. So there, there's that hanging over and RDJ is the new, he's the audience basically in essence, the surrogate for us getting brought into this already established world where these, these guys that are uh, kind of disillusioned from having been participated in a war over yeah. there. Yeah. And the war is over, but now they're just still there doing actions that would be considered somewhat still war ob- yeah. uh, obligations and duties. Right. Um, and then there's a, at one point, like a Senator or Congressman shows up to do a fact finding uh, mission to see if they are in fact running drugs. And you have that little subplot onto all of this. Uh, but in the midst of it, you see like Gibson has a family there and there's a nice moment of, of heart and compassion right. with him cool. and what he chooses to ultimately do at the end of the movie. Uh, yeah. If you've never seen it before and you watch it because I'm talking about it now, let me know if it's uh, any good. <laughs> it's been 25 years i enjoyed it at the time i threw it on this list yeah fair enough um okay uh what's your eight eight um i know you're not going to say punt but you really should <laughs> which is the living daylights with timothy dalton <laughs> oh my god it's not even on my list going come on man wayne newton robert davi a young oh, benicio del toro yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Robert Davi <laughs> is like this drug kingpin, and Wayne Newton is the televangelist that is helping him uh, wash his money. Yes, uh, by bringing in donations and all that. And I he's that. Robert Davi has figured out a way to put cocaine in gasoline, and then some reverse <laughs> process to get the cocaine out after they've smuggled it across the border. And uh, James Bond showed up and said, not on my watch, motherfuckers. No, he did. And takes him down. It's, it is for cheesy bond. In my opinion, it is right near the top of the best of the cheesy bonds. Yeah. I fucking love the living. (laughs) Don't they have the shark tank? uh, Yes. I believe that is the shark one. The beginning. Because the other one, they go to uh, like Eastern Bloc countries. Right. Right. There's a, like the uh, tobogganing and the cello case yes. scene in the other one. And he's driving around. He's got those spikes on his tires to drive on the ice. That's right. That's right. Uh, in the other one. This one, yeah, the sharks and it's bad. It's- Robert Davi has that stupid iguana. So dumb. Like that's some villain affectation <laughs> that we're all like, yep. It's, it's, yeah. We've updated from Blofeld's cat. <laughs> To this is guy it, has in a guano. Da- is, is that what it's called? The Living Daylights? The Living no. Daylights. Is that the one? Which one? No, it's not Living Daylights. That's not the one with Robert Davi. That, that you're thinking. Oh, no. Uh, License to Kill. License to Kill. License That's to Kill. You're right. Thinking. I'm yes, sorry. I wrote yes. down the wrong thing. License to Kill. No worries. No worries. It starts with an L. So, yeah. Living Daylights is the Eastern Block one. 
Yeah, I like the license to kill. Uh, I mean, Living Daylights. I, I I wasn't a big fan of License to Kill. Um, but well, yeah, you, you just don't know a good movie sometimes when you see it. That's the problem. <laughs> it was a weird thing. Um, the actress in that, Miriam Diabo, she was she's married or was married, I guess now to the guy who directed Chariots of Fire, Sir Hugh Hudson, mm. and he died like four days ago. Um. Or uh, yeah, four or five days ago. So kind of interesting, that, you know. Kind of we're talking about it because she she had a like a, a cerebral brain hemorrhage Oof. in 2012 or something like that, and he documented the whole process for a documentary with her approval because she wanted to kind of bring awareness to this. So fascinating. So, but I remember her being Living Daylights. Um, and who's isn't it, isn't it? Car- no wait, I'm thinking Golden Eyes, Carrie Lowell. Who's in it? Who's in the? Um, Who's in License to Kill? Who's the Bond girl in License to Kill? It's a great question. <laughs> is it License to Kill? Uh, there yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. With Robert Davi. Yeah. Uh, it is Carrie Lowell. Carrie Lowell. It is Carrie Lowell. Lowell. Shit. All right. And then Talisa Soto. Talisa Soto. Right. She's the other one. That's right. Yeah. So it, that is where I saw Carrie Lowell. And then, of course, she did Law and Order like two or three years after that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Benicio has a small role in that as one of the henchmen. Yeah, he's his main henchman. Yeah, Dario. Because yeah. he ends up having like a, a gunfight with Bond. Where it's just the two of them. There are other people, you know, cascading in and out of the scenes, but it's the yeah. two of them kind of squaring off. Yeah. But it's an all-timer, man. I don't know why you don't enjoy good movies. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. Um, all right. So that was your so then my 10 is a scanner darkly. Okay. Yeah, that um, it's a you know obviously it's a made up drug, but everyone is on it. It's a great Richard Linklater rotoscope animated slash shot live action, but animated afterwards type film. I really enjoy Scanner Darkly much more than Waking Life. I know a lot of people like Waking Life too, but Scanner Darkly was cool, man. Philip K. Dick is the source material for this, and Linklater adapted that novel and and, and directed this and such a who's who of actors at that time that were yeah. still in the pop culture zeitgeist, including a very manic Robert Downey Jr., Winona Ryder, um, Keanu Reeves leading this whole thing. He's a cop who take, who's a corrupt cop who takes this drug called D very, very, <laughs> very, very easy um, there. And, and everyone else is taking it. And so you don't know what's real or what isn't, but it's about the conversations they're having about life and about, um, these philosophical explorations of how we exist in the world and exist in the universe. Um, and also some of the action of uh, what they're trying, what he's trying to find out about what's going on with these drugs. So I, I thought it was, I thought it was a really good film and we've, I don't know if we've ever talked about it. So it's one that I occasionally will go back and watch every few months. Um, or if it's on the TV, I'll stop and watch a few minutes, but it's a fascinating film. I really, I think, you know, link letter has always been hit or miss for me. But this one really yeah. nailed it for me. Yeah, I never finished it. I watched like the oh, first really? oh, okay. third to half. I wasn't against it. I don't remember. Sure. I just know that I never finished it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting though. From a lot of conversations, man. It's definitely a conversation film. Yes, there's a a plot about what's going on with the drug and who's being and you know who's involved with trying to put this out to the masses and all that. But it's more about the conversations that they're having and the different images, you know, that the, you see that they're experiencing cause he's on the drug. And mm-hmm. like, I think there's a shot of Downey jr. Looking like some kind of 
uh, cockroach or insect sitting on a chair and shit like a caterpillar or whatever. It's interesting stuff. So, um, all right. So then my number nine is American made the uh, Tom Cruise film. Sure. Yeah. Love this film. Nobody saw this fucking movie. And and I know sometimes people don't see Tom Cruise films because they're not that great. Some of them that's rare. It's rare, but it happens. But this one is a crime because this is a fucking damn good movie. Cruise, yes, is the girl way too young to play his wife? Yes, 100%. I totally concede that. But the interactions with him, Domnell Gleeson, are incredible. They're really interesting. You don't know which side of the fence he's on. And this is one of the most relaxed, confident acting jobs that I've ever seen Tom Cruise do. You know, because he's, he's so good looking and he also, he's like, he's, you know, he likes to torture himself in his movies. Usually there's a lot of angst around Cruise when he's performing in movies. Um, but in this one, he is so having a blast. And it's kind of a new color on Tom Cruise. And I think that helps the film to be as good as it is. And yeah, shit happens, shit goes down. So there is some drama with him. But overall, this is one of the most relaxed, confident um, performances I've ever seen from Tom Cruise. And I like the movie because of that. And it's an interesting exploration of how the CIA was doing drug running and was mm-hmm. involved in the drug running in this country's history and how they were using it to capture certain people, but then were maybe making some money on the side for themselves and for the government that was not being claimed by anybody. So it's a very interesting exploration of how the government can use regular citizens for their own nefarious means while getting in front of the camera and saying that they're this pure agency trying to go after people when they might themselves be involved in this shit. So, well, yeah, I mean, they're mm. nothing if not duplicitous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think the my favorite scene is uh, when he's handcuffed sitting on that bench. Oh, my God, yes. And they allude to the, the fact that Clinton is the governor of uh, Arkansas. Arkansas yeah. And he is like, you know, I bet you, what is it, a Lincoln Town Car for everybody or some, yeah, something yeah, ridiculous yeah. <laughs> that I'm going to get out of here? And they're all like, okay, buddy. Yeah. And then the phone call comes in. He's like, you're free to go. And they're all just gobsmacked. Like, yeah. Tried to sell you. They're all super pissed. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, yeah. above your pay grade, assholes. <laughs> yeah. It's a good cast, too. I mean, you've got Dom Gleason, as I said, Jesse Plemons is in this. Lib. Caleb Landry Jones is in. Jama Mays is in this. So it's, it's a good cast. And the actress is Sarah Wright, who I didn't see in too many things kind of like the american alice eve um and she's in that she's in what uh, she was on marry me that show that was on for uh, is alice even star trek huh is that who is alice even star trek yeah the one in into darkness, into yeah, darkness the yeah. daughter okay. yeah so yeah didn't do much she's i mean she's still working she did something a couple years ago an episode of home economics so not sure where she's at but yeah so Oh, and she played one of the daughters of Jerry in Parks and Rec. So that's funny. Um, All right. So that was my number nine. So my number eight is a complete different turn in terms of vibe. And that's uh, Beautiful Boy, the one with Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's all about him, uh, them dealing, uh, him and uh, Amy Ryan, I think, plays his wife, dealing with their son being an addict and... So drugs are a big part of the movie and his addiction to them and navigating it. And it's it's a pretty brutal film in how it sh- shows you addiction and what happens to people with addiction. 
kind of if you enjoy dope sick i think you'll enjoy this movie and because it's it's a little bit of a lighter tone but not necessarily all the time uh and i think it does a nice job of exploring the frustration and the just difficult journey it must be for parents to deal with children who are addicts or teenagers or 20 year olds that are their children who are addicts and how they don't know what to believe you know and don't know how much of what they're telling is the truth and want to love their son or their daughter and want to help them get through it, but then are betrayed by their son or daughter because this is such a all consuming disease. Um, and so, and it's based on the, the authors um, cause he wrote, he, I think we wrote a book about it and that's what they made the movie about, but it's based mm-hmm. on, based on his own experience with his own son. Um, and so quietly one of these kind of films that came and went, but uh, I got a chance to go to a screening for it, and, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought Carell and Chalamet delivered some wonderful performances in the film. Well, I think it suffered from the fact that there was that Julia Roberts movie uh, that came out roughly around the same time. And I want to say there was oh. a third. What was um, that? One? Oh, really? Oh, okay. Maybe it was the following year. There's like a Julia Roberts movie, and then there was another female-led movie that was basically the exact same thing. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, I remember this came out and they're like more Oscar buzz, but Steve had already gotten quite a bit previously, so that's yeah. what elevated this movie. Yeah, and um, you know, early, earlier Chalamet, it's not his earliest. No, no, and Jack Dylan Grazer from the Shazam series plays him as a younger kid, mm-hmm. so it's a good like him and Chalamet kind of look alike, so it was kind of a good casting decision. Is it not Amy Ryan? I thought it was Amy Ryan. I'm looking at the cast list right now because I see Maura Tierney in here and I don't remember if Maura is like his new wife or his ex-wife. Wow, Caitlin Deaver is in this as well from fucking Dope Sick. So yeah, here he goes. Amy Ryan. Okay, so yeah. So I think Amy Ryan, I think is his current wife and Maura Tierney is his ex-wife and that's who he has the kid with who is Chalamet. I believe, I believe, I believe. I'm not sure. though. Um, Because it's been a bit since I've what? seen it. What year did that come out? 2018. Okay, yeah. So there's Ben is back. Oh, yeah. Julia Roberts, a drug drug addicted teenage boy, shows up unexpectedly at his family's right. home. Yeah. And then I want to say there was a third one that came out roughly around that time, too. Hmm. So it's just kind of... Yeah, I think that's why I got lost in the shuffle. There was a yeah. few of those. This was, I think, the more prestige of all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people talk about nominations, like you said. Yeah. For this film. And then, like, next year, I think Chalamet's Call Me By Your Name came out. Yeah. So he was on a trajectory of, you know, doing these yeah. types of movies and getting more and more acclaim for it. Yeah. But I mean, dude, I, I've, I've, you know, I, I don't know many addicts. I haven't known many addicts in my life. Obviously, you know, we've talked about your uh, dealing with the alcohol stuff, but like, I, I don't know many addicts. So when I watched this movie, I was just like, fuck, man, I can't even imagine the emotional toll that takes on you um, when you're dealing with that, you know? Mm. So. Yeah, uh, just, yeah. It's, it's, Depending it's, on the drug, I don't know many addicts either. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, because alcoholism is one thing, but then you hear the stories from oh, right, right, even worse sure. things, and you're like, God, that's yeah. like a different stratosphere. I'm not negating alcohol and some others, right? Uh, even, but once you get into like methamphetamines and and opiates and yeah, man, people do some fucking incredible stuff just to get their next fix. Yeah, which doesn't happen with alcohol. Could be the fact that. Alcohol is much easier to get and it's cheaper, but yeah, yeah, 
I also don't think it elicits the same type of addiction fervency. Let's say it like that. Yeah. Um, it's crystal meth that he's on and a bunch okay. of other drugs in the film. So the, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. More tyranny plays his new wife. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, exactly. So it, I guess Amy is the, is the ex-wife. So it's all of that. So yeah, but Hey, really interesting film. And uh, I liked it a lot. You know, it only made like 16 million at the box office, but they do they they, they shot it for 25. So they clearly spent some money on this one. Wow. I just that maybe Corell's yeah, maybe budget. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so that's my eight. So what's your seven, bud? Uh my seven is up in smoke from Cheech and Chong. <laughs> all right, man. Knock yourself out. It was either that or nice dreams. I think I prefer Up in Smoke. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And the the gist of it is uh, they end up across the border in Tijuana and have to, they're supposed to bring back like this upholstery truck yeah. or something. And they accidentally show up at the wrong warehouse and it's a entire truck made out of weed. Yeah. So then they're bringing that back unknowingly smuggling back in this thing that's just pluming out clouds of weed smoke uh yeah but like the opening scene is when cheech picks up chong and they're smoking that joint and the joint ends up being dog shit it's labrador man <laughs> and he's like, like you know he's, he's high as shit yeah. it's because his dog ate his stash and he took it the, the leftovers and <laughs> rolled it into a joint the two of them got high on that yeah um Let's see who else. I think uh, what Tom Skerritt is in. Oh wow! Yeah, he plays like a a, a veteran who's okay. out of his mind, still okay. living through flashbacks and stuff like that. Right, right. Um, Stacy Keach. I love Stacy Keach. I've been working on a Stacy Keach imitation because uh, my girlfriend is a mad fan of American Greed, that show on uh, NBC and on Peacock. Oh, I haven't seen that. Is that good? Oh yeah, he's been. It, it's a podcast and a show, hmm. so he's been doing the voiceover for it for a few seasons. And there's a Jordan Belfort episode which you should definitely watch. That is really cool with him, you know, because he's so rapid with it. Jordan Belfort, do do do, and and he'll do it that way. So I'm working on one with for him because I, I I really love his voice. He's such he's got such a distinct voice. Uh, he does. And it almost feels like his jaw has to kick open for him to talk. Like his, uh, it's it's coming out of his. It's like had to you know kind of push its way out of his mouth. The words. I know he seemed to get relegated more to television or being in lesser movies. And I always felt he had the presence of, dude, you could be a heavy in a major project really Mm -hmm. easily. Or American History X. He's so fucking good in that. Yeah. 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 Tiny little. Uh, part but an impactful one nonetheless sure. sure but yeah it's but i love me some stacy keach i don't know it's just it's cheech and chong if you like stoner humor this yeah. is the genesis of <laughs> this and nice dreams i would say are definitely oh, yeah. worth the watch corsican brothers sucks i've only skip, seen it once skip corsican brothers please yeah. for the love of god yeah i fucking did not uh enjoy that yeah. and uh yeah i I don't know. It's got a lot of stupid scenes that are really yeah. good. There's a woman that snorts Ajax who thinks it's Coke. <laughs> and just this, eh, I think it's Cheech that sees it happening. It's like tries to stop her and then just right. eh, freaks out about it. Um, 
I'm a sucker for those movies because I I watched them at a very particular time in my life. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, they still resonate and take me back to those those times. Totally. But I think Nice Dreams are probably Up in Smoke is the better of those two with that Nice Dreams personally. Well, what's your six? Uh, my six is Dope. Oh, nice choice. The Famiyama film. All right. Go ahead. Um, I put it on here because I believe hmm. the first ever summer that we did this show and we did our Ooh. best recap, this made my best of the summer. Oh, yeah. So here we are closing on the end. And I was like, was- oh, yeah, dope. Uh, which is a solid movie. But mm-hmm. a bunch of high school kids kind of get entangled in this drug deal gone wrong. And ultimately are told, you got to finish the drug deal or the heat's going to come down on you. And it's them having to navigate this in a fairly believable way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then how the main kid uses the disadvantage of the moment to his advantage, ultimately. Um, I thought it had a very satisfying ending. Um, But yeah, it's a a solid uh, movie. I think it's, you know, it's only a few years old. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like it's some dated... Uh, thing so people go back and uh, watch it but I mainly put it on there because it's just the symmetry of huh we're doing this <laughs> and I know that I put it on there way back when I have not seen it since that summer Ugh. but yeah, uh, I still think I enjoyed it uh, then I liked the performances and I thought it was uh, solid all the way through and I thought the ending was uh, I enjoyed the ending as well so I, I figured why not Yeah, for the symmetry of it all I need to watch it's because I'm sure you told me to watch it back in 2015. <laughs> I've never seen it, so I need to see. It's on Netflix, so I, I got to watch this thing. Oh, it's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good movie. He's, a, he's such a good director, and he like he, he's directed episodes of The Mandalorian the last two seasons. So, um, and even appeared in as one of the X-wing fighters. So I I, I gotta I gotta watch this film because a lot of people have told me that it's damn good. Plus, it's like Shamik Moore, who is the voice of Miles Morales. He's the lead in 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 the yeah. Spider Verse movies. Uh, you get the kid that goes on to be Flash in yeah. Spider Man, Tony yeah. Bellori, right? And Kiersey Clemens is in this, who's like Iris West in the uh, Spider Snyder Verse in mm-hmm. Flash. So yeah, she was in the Four Hour Justice League from Zack Snyder. So yeah, so good cast. And um, even Zoe Kravitz is in this, who's like Catwoman now. So yeah, a lot of comic book people in this thing. Um, all right, so that was your six. That was my six. All right, my seven is Requiem for a Dream. That's called a punt. Okay, fine. And then my six is Blow. Uh, didn't make my list. It would have more than likely, but okay. but it, okay, uh, yeah, I like Blow. I, I saw it again a few years ago and really enjoyed it. I think Depp delivers a fantastic performance in the film. But mm-hmm. um, Penelope Cruz is great in this thing. Cliff Curtis as El Chapo is uh, intimidating and scary as hell in this thing. I think Ethan Suplee is the actor, yeah. the larger dude who lost all that weight mm-hmm. now. Um, and I just like the story and the scope of this thing. And I really do. And it still holds up. God, I can't remember. Did, who did you got Paul movie? Rubens in this? You yeah. got uh, is Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz is. Yeah, Penelope Cruz. Yeah, I mentioned her. She's oh, she you? plays yeah. his wife. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's Ted Demi. That's who directed this one. Ted Demi. I wouldn't have been able to pull that. Yeah, I totally forgot he did this one. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed the film and I liked what it had to say. Um, and seeing his journey 
to get to where he's going. Then all this thing, it's almost like a mini Goodfellas. And, and of course, I'm not kind of, yeah. Once it all goes, yeah, because it all goes thing. to shit, right? Exactly. And when it does, you can Rubens see through the dick. He wants the media to connect. He held him at bay for years on end. And finally, it's an interesting story where he just, he was just going down to Mexico for weed and then realized, oh, we could fly this back. Yeah. And increase our profits overall. And then once he got into the flying weed, the next step up was cocaine. And then came the cocaine 80s. It's a crazy story. Yeah. And then um, my friend, um, Georgette produced a documentary on the real guy who just died, I think like a year or two ago. Um, and so she did a whole doc on him and the story is even wilder when you hear, you know, what was not in the movie. There's so much more that was involved in what he was doing. So it's kind of ironic because Ray Liotta plays his dad in the movie, the guy from Goodfellas playing his dad in the movie. So oh, yeah, I forgot he was the dad in that. Yeah. So just uh, so yeah, so it's just one that I really enjoy. I love going back to, and it's actually a really good film. Like it still holds up. What was it? What was the year on this one? Was it two thousand one? Yeah, two thousand one. So you know, it's only a couple decades old, but it's, it's <laughs> damn that good. Hurts, it's kind it? of weird to say. <laughs> ah, it's only twenty two years old at this point. Come on, he can legally drink. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the film can legally drink. Mm-hmm um but yeah yeah good stuff i liked it so if you haven't seen it or haven't given it a chance in a while uh, watch it also nick cassavetes wrote the screenplay with david mckenna and i like i like nick's writing a little more than his directing so um yeah i saw just the passage of time someone put a still up from the first day of mtv and like that is now closer in time to pearl harbor than we are to it holy shit and i was like oh that that hurts (laughs) that fucking hurts (laughs) I've, I mean, I, I wasn't really watching MTV right when it first came out, but it's right, like, right. I'm, I'm right there. First couple of years for sure. Wow. So Pearl. So, oh, so they were saying we it's are closer in time to Pearl Harbor. The first day of MTV. Yeah. Than the first day of MTV was from Pearl Harbor. Wow. Yes. Right That's now. Crazy. That is, that hurts. Oof. Yeah. Oof. All right. Anyway, let's not dwell on that. Um, are we taking a break here, Matt? Uh, that was your six? Yeah, that was my six. All right, so yeah, we'll take a quick break. Hear this word from our sponsor. Be back right after this. All right, now jumping into our top fives. Yeah. At five, I've got Layer Cake. Oh, nice choice. Yeah, go ahead, man. Which is uh, drug deals gone awry. <laughs> um, the part that got Daniel Craig James Bond. Yeah, yeah. Um, he plays... I don't think he's necessarily a drug dealer. No. He's like part of that world. Yes. Somebody who can get things done. Yeah. And he gets roped into this cold meanie. I need you to go pick up these drugs from some Ukrainians or Serbians or yeah. somebody else. It's a bunch of MDMA. And then it, there's a whole twists and turns. It's it's kind of Guy Ritchie-esque. It is absolutely Guy Ritchie-esque, yes. Yeah. Uh, this doesn't get made if you don't get lock, stock, and snatched. No way. Yeah, those don't exist. This doesn't yeah. exist either. Yeah. Um, and not taking anything away from it. It's a, a very enjoyable movie. It is. I remember that, yeah. Um, and you can see the presence that Daniel Craig has is oh, uh, yeah. captivating. You're like, yeah, hey, I can see why. I didn't see this at the time. I didn't see it until years and years later after it oh, came okay. out. Yeah, okay. Um, 
because everybody eventually he becomes Daniel Craig in the right. international, you know, parlance. Yeah. And it was always mentioned, well, Layer Cake is what got him James Bond. So eventually I watched Layer Cake and I was like, that's really good. Plus, I'm a sucker for anything Cole Mania is in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to see him playing a heavy. Yeah. Um, which he plays nice guy really well too. You know, guy's got range. Hollywood, yeah. take note. Um, <laughs> tell him. You, tell you know, we should, I'll, I'll put in a call, Cole. Yeah, please. Okay. Let let people know. <laughs> he should have been in Banshees of Inisherin for Christ's sakes. Just as one of the uh, village people or something. Come on, we couldn't have fit Cole Meany in here somewhere. You're cutting your fingers off. Exactly. <laughs> He's at the bar. You couldn't tell me he's a, he went, like he owns the bar. He's the one yeah. that everybody talks to when he comes in. I I'm buying you. that. Yeah, sure. He's a um, baby in this, man, by the way. Fucking Daniel Craig. I'm looking at some of the pictures. He, he's like a baby in this, man. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. See, yeah, go ahead. What did he do before this? Oh. Was like, uh, I know he had like Road to Perdition. Right, right. Yeah, he wasn't uh, that well known. He had done British stuff for sure, but he wasn't that. Well known necessarily before. Um, and like, what was that uh, World War Two one that he did? With their, uh, it's a bunch of Jewish uh, people fleeing. Oh yeah, that's uh, what is that one? That came out like right when the defiance. defiance. Yeah, that was. Did that come out like right before uh, Casino Royale? Something. No, like that? no, uh, it came out after uh, Quantum of Solace, same year, two thousand. Oh, did it really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The timeline on that one is screwed up. Casino is two thousand six, so it wasn't it wasn't that far afterwards because it was like two years later that you got Defiance, but it was in Munich in two thousand five. He was in that Sylvia Platt one with Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm. Road to Perdition is two thousand two, so Road to Perdition is first. Then you get Layer Cake, but before Road, he was in Laura Croft Tomb Raider, the sequel, I guess. Right, isn't that the sequel, Tomb Raider? You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> Fair enough. I've never seen either all the way through. He was a, he had a small part in Elizabeth. Um, and yeah, like really small shit before that. Not really anything big, and a lot of a lot of uh, small British films or small British TV shows. Um, yeah. yeah. So he got lucky, man. He got tapped. He got tapped. I think rightly so. He's got a natural yeah. uh, presence and charisma. Fuck yeah, man. He's a good. He's a good fucking actor. He's not one of those guys that, like got it and then like you know didn't really deserve it. He is a good fucking actor. Yeah. Yeah, I'd just be curious as to what comes next because Bond kind of mm. kills careers. Well, it's all these Knives Out movies, I imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, then the next one is better. <laughs> Glass Onion was okay. I like. It's okay. All right. He was good in it. Yeah, Benoit Blanc. I thought Miss Janelle Monet was good in it too. Uh, yeah, I thought she was good in it. I liked Ed Norton. I don't know. I just it, it was fine. I think somewhat Poker Face is starting to influence my perception on that movie too. Oh, that's such a good show, man. I think it's mediocre. Wow. Okay. I'm, it's just. I, I realize it's a. Whatever you hope, you know, starting in, in uh, the first act has to be resolved by the third, except for the continuation of like Ben Bratt and right. Ron Perlman trying to hunt her down. And I'm only, I think I've watched three, the 
Oh, okay. the Rel Howry was the last one I watched. Yeah, the, barbecue the brother. One. Yeah. Um, and that one was just so ridiculously convenient. The one guy who can mimic anyone then calls her and she explains everything that's going on and he's video or uh, taping it and then plays it over the air and that's some signed confession and it's like okay, all right. She has a, she always has a lot of circumstantial yes. evidence that never points to it and somehow things end up breaking. It's like Columbo, it's based on Columbo basically. Yeah, Columbo's always always like everyone was always everything was always kind of conveniently there for Columbo all the time. I like the first one a lot. I thought the pilot mm-hmm. was really good. I agree. It was a good pilot. Uh, and I like the most recent one, which is the fifth episode with uh, Judith Light and uh, S. Apatha Murkison from Law and Order. Mm. Really good, good episode. I forget what the fourth one was. I don't remember. Um, all right. So that was what? My five? No. That, that was, was my five. Okay. Sorry. Uh, my five is American Gangster. Go for it. Yeah, love this movie. Ridley Scott, Russell Crowe, Denzel being Denzel, and his whole crew of up-and-coming act black actors who are fantastic playing his family. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor in this. Cuba Gooding. Common. Huh? Common. Common, yes. Common, yes. Decent actor. Um, <laughs> and uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. having some fun with the role that he got to play in this. But Really fun, interesting film uh, based on true story. Obviously, this guy who became the kingpin in, for heroin there in New York and what he had to deal with and the familial pressures and also the work play, uh, pressures and then him trying to avoid getting caught by the government and then eventually working with the government. So just fascinating stuff throughout, giving you an idea of how the heroin trade became so big in this country. So, yeah, good stuff by Ridley Scott. It's a fascinating story. Yeah. yeah. The idea of sending heroin back with the bodies of fallen soldiers. Who has that thought? The audacity, man. Yeah. Yeah. It You have to applaud hmm. just the tenacity and the chutzpah to even come up with this idea, let alone pull it off. That's the word. Chutzpah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just the stones on it. I, I don't. I'd like that movie. I wanted to love it. Mm. And it never got there for me. Okay. Understood. Uh, all right. So what's your four? Uh, my number four is an absolute classic called Menace to Society. Ooh, nice choice. Go ahead, man. The Hughes Brothers. I remember this film for sure. Some indelible scenes. Mm-hmm. I remember watching this in high school. My friends and I used to say, I feel sorry for your mother. <laughs> All the time, or if something went awry and you're trying to spin it positive, y'all want a double cheeseburger? <laughs> and I want a double cheeseburger. He kills that junkie and he steals his double cheeseburger. Yeah. Fucking those two lines alone, we yeah. said to each other all the fucking time. Uh, and it's basically just about the the trap, the trappings of, of, of growing up in. Yeah. A situation in South Central LA where there's not a lot of avenues out. Yeah. And ultimately he has the main protagonist has a way to get out. He's he's yeah. gonna leave town. He's gonna leave with this other person. They're gonna start a new life. I want to say it was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And pushes towards, you know what, maybe that is the best situation for me. Yeah. And unfortunately, given his 
circumstances and the environment that he's in and helped create for himself. Yeah. That, that goal is ultimately not going to be fulfilled. And it's this push and pull of, you know, uh, everybody around you acts a certain way yeah. and want to, to be the big guy and, and the machismo and all that. Oh, and totally. you have that contrasted with his grandparents saying like, this isn't, this isn't what you should be striving for. Right. Right. Because there's only a couple avenues out. Yeah. Once you make that choice and ultimately like he makes that realization himself. And unfortunately it's too late. Yeah. Um, and of the like, I think Menace is my favorite of the Boys to Men, or Boys to Men, Boys in the Hood, <laughs> Menace to Society, and South Central. I think Menace to Society is my favorite of those three. Even more over over Boys to Men. Oh, boys over to Boys to Men, yes. Boys. Over Boys to Men for sure. Boys in the Hood. I I think I agree with you. I think Menace to Society is a much more honest portrayal of what this is about. Whereas Boys in the Hood was honest, but it was also trying to make it palatable to a mainstream wider audience for them to consume this. Do you know what I'm saying? So whereas Men of Society, I think, is a little more honest about what this is all about. So I think it is arguably the better movie. No offense to the late, great John Singleton. It is the better movie, though, overall. And it's been it's been kind of mind-blowing to me that the Hughes have never been able to kind of match this film since. I, I liked yeah. From Hell even though a lot of people didn't like it. It's okay. And Dead Presidents is okay. I don't think it's 100% great. <sighs> but they've never quite matched the genius of Menace to Society. And you're right, because a lot of people overlooked this film and put it in the basket with all these other kind of films that came out around the same time, as you mentioned, South Central, which I thought was good, too. Um, yeah, I'd probably put that was, number two, yeah. to be honest. Was it? Oh, you put oh, two, behind, oh, two in front of Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood, yeah. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, yeah. And that's coming from a white kid who lived in <laughs> Illinois watching it. So, you know, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Balance it out. Yeah. I fucking, yeah. I know what that life experience is like. So I know what the realism of it is. Look, man, I've seen those uh, documentaries about some of those drug gangs in the Midwest. It is, it is no joke. Uh, you know, you think that. You... Yeah. I don't know if those existed when I lived there because the opiate. Let's hope not. Uh, you know, the, the crisis came after oh, yeah. I moved away. Right, right, right. And I would imagine most of those gangs' influence came once yeah. OxyContin became so prevalent. Yeah. Um, all right, so then my number four, which is really shocking to me that it's this low, is Scarface. It's shocking the right word? Go ahead. I'm going to use the restroom again. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I love this movie, man. I mean, what more can you say? We've talked about it on the show before. Pacino is so good in this film. Honorary Latino performance. Um, F. Murray Abram is fantastic in this movie. And of course, Robert Loja, so many great classic lines. One of the most quotable films ever in the history of film uh, with Stephen, Stephen Bauer, who plays Manolo, his friend. You know, that relationship between them, the friendship between them, they go through the wars together to climb up. And then, of course, the stuff with Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio, who's great in the film as well, end up being, ends up being the, the thing that separates them and what it leads to. But his just mania about achieving, you know, and whereas everyone else is trying to tell him to slow down, he is very much a guy who is going to um, ride or die kind of. Well, how can I say this? Uh, what is it? Born to die. He's born to die. 
and he lives his life like he's born to die. He's not afraid of anybody. He's not intimidated by anybody. And he wants the success at any cost so quickly. And he gets it, but doesn't know how to handle it, you know? And so it's, it's a, it's a cautionary tale. And yes, it's got, you know, fun lines and interesting scenes and crazy stuff. Um, but I also think at its foundation, it's about, um, what happens when you achieve too much too fast and you're not ready to handle it and how the paranoia can consume you and how people will turn on you because you are so difficult to be around. So it's just, it's a, it's a cautionary tale of success. And I think at the end of the day, that's one of the big things why I like the movie besides all the fun scenes and quotable lines. And De Palma does a great job directing this one. So there we go. All right. So what's your number three, man? Uh, my three is Limitless. Oh, I almost watched that because I've never Dude, seen it, it. I almost watched it for this podcast. I was shockingly this, good. Yeah, that's what I hear. I was this close to watching it, man. Shit. I thought it was going to be just like whatever, you know, an entertaining couple hours right, and nothing in right. and, and like a flowers for Algernon type of situation. Did you ever read Flowers for Algernon? Yeah, Char- it's, they remade. They made it into a movie called Charlie with Cliff Robertson. Yes. Yeah, where someone that's dumb becomes yeah, smart. That is limitless, <laughs> except it actually improves upon, not improves upon, but takes the premise in a different direction. And once they said, hey, we're going to turn this into a TV show, I was like, I, I could see that. I could yeah. see that. Yeah. I don't know where it ultimately lands, but I could right. see where there's enough uh material here to string this out like not in perpetuity i don't think right 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 but it's interesting at the very least but th- this kind of cemented him when for me i was like bradley cooper has something yeah um, yeah and i mean that that's the basic gist of it he starts taking these pills and it just gives him it takes his mental plane up like yeah 20 levels to where now he can see the chessboard better than anyone else. And he's Mm. thinking 10, 12, 15 moves ahead. So he lays the groundwork for various plans and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, And then ultimately the conclusion, he's got a closing scene with Robert De Niro. Um, And once he gets into that scene, you're like, yeah, yeah, I buy that. I buy that for this character. I buy what's going on here. Um, But it's just the gradual where he goes from just some everyday joe yeah to this stephen hawking like intelligence <laughs> it's believable yeah the progression of it isn't so drastic that it's it's like it's it's zero to 60 in two seconds yeah but eventually he gets there and uh yeah, I, would, I honestly i would highly recommend limitless i think it's a yeah i hear this exceedingly solid of- movie okay all right yeah, it's a good cast. Anna Friel, Abby Cornish, you know, obviously De Niro in there and um, a number of great character actors throughout this whole thing. So, yeah, I should actually give this thing a shot once and for all and watch it because, I mean, they turned it into a TV series, for God's sakes. It was that much of a surprise. So, um, yeah. All right. Um, all right. So then my three is uh, Train Spotting. Come on now. I thought about it, but I, th- I think I may be included on a couple of lists. So I took it off for that reason. Okay. Fair enough. So I'll go quick through it quick. Yeah, I like it. I, I even like the sequel, which I was really surprised by. I thought I was going to hate that thing, but it was damn good. But yeah, this one, 
again, watched it just before I went to see the sequel a couple of years ago, and I was just blown away about how much this one still works and how fucking tragic it is and how mm. unsettling some of the shots are with the baby stuff, him climbing out of the toy, a dirty ass toilet in the club. Oh, yeah. You know, but also the the brutality of Begbie, Robert Carlyle, like it is scary. And I've certainly known people like that in the military and outside the military who are just like, you don't want to mess around with this energy because he will absolutely do something pretty fucking crazy. So you, you, I, the whole film still stays, still feels like this walking on an electric wire type uh, energy throughout, along with the humor and the comedy and the moments that happen there uh, with um, Spud and stuff. So yeah, just yeah, flinging um, the shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, there's so much about it that I really thoroughly still enjoyed. And Ewan is just so good in this movie, man, you know? So, um, all around just good, good actors all combining to be yeah. able to one hell of a film from Danny. Boy. Yeah. And you get all aspects of what drugs can do. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Like the Kevin McKid, the one, yeah. the one character that doesn't want a part of it. And then once he does, he succumbs harder than everyone else and ends up destroying everything in his life. Yeah. 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 Uh, because you never know how your body chemistry is going to handle it and then what's going to happen to you and what it'll access and what it'll unlock. And yeah, it's so tragic. I mean, what happens to him is so fucking tragic, man. I remember that even most recently when I watched it, I just was like, God damn, it's so sad. That story, you know, because these guys are functioning with it and going all out when they do it for the nice that they do it. But some people get so addicted that, like you said, that they just, everything just goes wide by the wayside and they can't stop it. Um, all right, so what's your two? Uh, my deuce is half-baked. <laughs> all right, knock yourself out. Movie is so bad, it's fantastic. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, honestly, I think it's like 80 minutes. That shows you yeah. you know, uh, how uh, well-crafted this masterpiece is. But I think it's got some fantastic scenes. Yeah. Doctor that says I need a backyotomy. And fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. The, the old guy's like, yeah, fuck you. And then he quits his job. Yeah. Uh, Harlan Williams in the prison uh, shower scene. The all by myself. And then he drops the fucking soap. But he is protected by Squirrel Master, uh, Tommy Chong's character. There's, I mean, it is so stupid. It is yeah. such a stupid movie. <laughs> And yet I really enjoy the living shit out of it. I think it's, <laughs> Jim Brewer is perfectly cast. Oh, perfectly yeah. cast. Oh. Uh, Fucking go boy. Exactly. They, you don't ask range of Jim Brewer. No, you don't. Do not. Not even, not even in his comedy. That's right. Yeah. So, hey, can you play an over-the-top caricature of a stoner? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I can do that. No problem. Fully in my wheelhouse. Yeah, could completely this way. And then, you know, basically they're just uh, initially Dave Chappelle works. He's a janitor at some research oh, yeah. lab and then realizes that right. they're doing a study on pot. So he wants to get because they one of the, the lab techs sends him down to the requisition room. I don't know what it is where they actually yeah. store the pot and he signs it out and she hands him a brick, a pound of weed. And he's acting like it's really good weed, but it's condensed down to like Mexican brick style, which just indicates it's dog shit. But they're all going crazy for it. And then ultimately, like, they get enough pot where they're rivaling the biggest pot dealer, Samson. <laughs> and then there's a clash with Samson. Uh, 
But yeah, it is it is a stupid movie and I love it. <laughs> um all right, fair enough. Uh my two is um sorry, oh, the French connection. Sure. Yeah, I love this movie. Come on now. This is all about him trying to stop this guy who is a burgeoning drug dealer and get him caught in New York. It's a classic film, a one best picture. Gene Hackman is incredible, Roy Scheider. Damn good in this film. William Friedkin directed this thing, and it's so good. I mean, just so good. And yeah, there's not a lot of drug use that you're seeing, but you understand that it is all about drugs and stopping this guy from becoming, from destroying the streets and destroying the, the city with what he's trying to do uh, as he becomes, um, you know, the drug kingpin of the city. And it's fascinating. Just a really good film. 1970s film. It is uh, not politically correct for anybody who's watching it. So just know that if you've never seen it going in, but the action sequences are great. Hackman is like a fucking knife cutting through that whole movie. It, or no, actually, he's like a battering ram. And he doesn't give a shit who gets in his way. And even that iconic classic car chase scene, he is stealing that car from someone and absolutely endangering so many lives as he tries to get to who he's trying to get to. So it's just one of those films that the 1970s created that is still that still endures uh, and takes no prisoners throughout. And and has a really shocking and controversial ending, which I still love about that movie. So there you go. Um, um what's your yeah, one? Hackman, oh, sorry, is, Hackman is a tour de force mm-hmm. in that movie. Just buy him as this guy that's not gonna take shit from anybody. Yeah. Popeye Doyle. Good name, dude. Uh, my number one is the punt from earlier, Requiem for a Dream. Oh, okay. Nice choice. Go ahead, man. Number uh, one. I'm wow. not sure. I think it's come up like on one other list. Look, you want to talk about the the downside of drugs. 100%. Holy God. This is every storyline deals with drugs and how it destroys them in one way or another. And it's different drugs like uh, uh, the mom on speed. Yeah. Just sitting there watching that that uh, uh, fucking selling pyramid yeah. scheme, f- ridiculous thing. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Juice? Join us in creating excitement. <laughs> yeah. And just grinding her teeth as she's sitting there, <sighs> just all whacked out on speed. Yeah. And then the need for heroin, what it does to Connolly and Jarrett Leto and Marlon Wayans. Yeah. When they flash his arm, dude. Just rotting. Oh, oh, and then what Connolly puts herself through Dude, just to be able to have enough money to get more heroin. That ending. Uh, it's Dude. yeah, it's one of those like I saw it, I will never see it again. Yeah. And it has stuck with me since that watching. I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Oof. I think for drug movies, that's why I put it at one. You really need to see the downside. <laughs> There's a lot of downside. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it is brutal in its um, desire to not cop out yeah. and really show you what this... And they show you both sides, like the heroin side and the pill side, which affects older people. And that does happen, you know? I mean... When she gets committed and the her two friends are sitting on the park bench and they hug each other in that ending, I mean, I cry every every time. I've seen the movie like three or four times. 
I cry at that moment, man, because it's just like they're so heartbroken that this woman that was their friend for so long to become an addict at this late in life and what it does to her mind and that there's probably not going to be a way back for her to become the person that they remembered is just devastating because in essence, it's a living death of their friend. And so yeah. as, as brutal as the ending is for Jennifer Connelly hugging that, you know, that little bit of heroin in the fetal position on the couch after what she's put herself through, which is heartbreaking to see. Um, and Marlon Wayans missing the arm and Jared Leto and what he's going through. Like, it's just as heartbreaking to see what happens to Ellen Burstyn, you know, because it can happen, especially to the yeah. elderly. You know, so much of our elderly suffer with these kinds of schemes, dude, and people use them and abuse them and take their money and take their lives and don't give a shit, you know, and we, 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 and we barely punish these people for what they do to the elderly, which is so frustrating, you know? Um, but yeah, good film, dude. Absolutely. Um, so my number one is uh, Sicario because it's all about the drug trade. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I had to, to celebrate the top 10, our top film of 2015. When we first got together, Sicario, man, that's a film that, um, we have uh, pushed many, many times. We've thought was a crime that it wasn't nominated for Best Picture, and that Denis Villeneuve should have won the Oscar for this damn movie. So, and it's still good, dude. I saw it again about a year ago. It is still so fucking good. I can't yeah. watch it consistently because it is a powerful, powerful movie. Uh, that opening where they go to the house and they have yeah. to tear out all the drywall, dude, and it's just filled with body after body after body. Yeah, and then driving into Juarez. And you see the bodies hanging from that bridge. Oh, and I think dude. it's Del Toro. And I was like, it's, yeah. you know, actually, no, it's whoever's sitting shotgun. It's like, I think it's Jeffrey really... Donovan. Isn't Jeffrey Donovan sitting shotgun for that one? Could be. Yeah. And he's like, it's, it's really smart. I admire them for this type of speech where I understand what he's saying. The yeah. intimidation tactic. And even if they didn't do anything, now everybody assumes they did something. Right. Right. But it's a warning to everybody else. Do not fucking cross us. Yeah. Uh, and then the exercise and futility of trying to stop them at the border and yeah. those young kids, oh. you're like, they, I don't think they have a choice in this matter. They have to make an attempt to save him. Yeah. Uh, it's just, there's so many scenes like that. Movies utterly fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Bernthal being this kind of guy on the take and uh, tries to kill Emily Blunt and, um, the stuff that happens uh, with the uh, drug dealer's family with Benicio. Jesus Christ, that scene, man. I, I will still occasionally watch that scene. I mean, I watched the whole movie, but that scene, just for the utter shock value that they didn't cop out on this, I thought was incredible. Um, you know, and where it ends up at the end, because Emily Bunt is in essence, as when many people have said this, and we've said it on the show, she is America, you know, kind of caught up in the idea of good and bad and yeah. black hat white hat type thing when this is way more complex than that and people aren't ready to hear the truth about the drug war going on they aren't ready to have their little sensibilities uh yeah. hurt by what's actually what some people have to do just to keep this shit out of this country and to start try to stop it in some way but but at the same time we all want it in here right other people right exactly we're the number one market in the world for yeah. drugs no 100 100 percent um yeah yeah this and we're, Look, we're if I was being the... honest, this would have been my number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Requiem still would have been very high on my list, but Sicario yeah. would have been number one. 
Yeah, and if we want to tell the truth, if we really wanted to be harsh, we're always harsher on the drug dealers and the drug users than we are on the actual big companies or big drug dealers, the massive drug dealers who are really the people bringing in this shit. We almost never seem to catch those people, but we're always catching the people on the lower rung on the totem pole. It's funny. We can catch drug dealers in other fucking countries like El Chapo, but we can't catch our own fucking drug dealers here in this country. And that's because they're all tied into people who have money who are connected to the business or connected to government, man. It's so true. So yeah, that's what Sicario. I love that it didn't pull any punches in that approach. Um, all right, well, there we go. That's our top 10 drug movies, our separate lists. Oops, sorry, someone's calling me. So we're going to put this thing together now, Matt, and our, as uh, one of our final, our second to last uh, final lists here of the top 10. Now we get the box. All righty. So we only have one movie in common, <laughs> but I didn't do an honest list. Okay. So I'm willing to go with Sicario at one. Okay. I'm going to do Requiem 2 since that's our... Sure, sure. All right, now we're just doing the who's got what highest left over, I guess. Sounds good to me. What do you got? Uh, my next is my number two. Okay. Half-baked. What do you got? Uh, I have French Connection. Come on. Now. A lot of coin flipping. What? That's ridiculous. A lot of coin flipping. That is ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Is it? I mean, in a showdown. It's not even the same conversation. Two? Exactly. There's a reason for that. Oh, my God. Well, the universe has awarded you. Thank you. It knows what's right. All right. What's your next highest? Train spotting at three. All right. I have limitless at three. Mm. Of course, it went to the other side of the room. Son of a gun. I don't think we have time to be flipping for everything, every single one. Train spotting takes it. Oh, nice. Well, since I won two, why don't you win the next two? Oh, aren't you? It's magnanimous of me, I know. You don't have to say it. Uh, well, do you have your number four? Yeah, Scarface. Oh, no! Son of a bitch. Scarface shouldn't even make this list. How dare you? Scarface. You know and what? then I have my five layer cake. Uh, my five is American Gangster. So. American Gangster it is, and that's the list. That's the list. All right, let's do this thing. The top 10 drug movies, yeah. At number 10. American Gangster. At number 9. Layer Cake. At number 8. <laughs> Scarface. At number 7. Menace to Society. At number 6. Limitless. At number 5. Train Spotting. At number 4. Half-Baked. At number three, The French Connection. At number two, Requiem for a Dream. And our number one top ten drug movie is? Is Sicario. There it is. Sicario. Um, all right. Well, there we go, Matt. That's our list. Thank you to everybody who is uh, watching or listening to us um, on the podcast or on the YouTube channel. We appreciate it madly. Uh, what else do we have to tell them, Matt? Uh, the 27th at 6 p.m. is yes. going to be our final show, and uh, we'll tweet out the YouTube link. But uh, if you find the channel, if you know where the channel is, it's a uh, you can go there. We'll be uh, 
going out live. And if you'd like to send in question, yeah, uh, hit us up at Patreon QA at gmail.com. So the 27th at 6 p.m. We will see you all there. And you can follow me at Matt Nost. And uh, if you'd like to check out Settle the Score, you get that anywhere. You get podcasts or you can watch over YouTube.com forward slash Matt Nost. Uh, yeah. As for me, you can follow me at The Roka Says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Outlaw Nation on Twitch. My YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash John Roka Says. Uh, my other podcasts, the uh, Cinephiles Geek Buddies and the Hot Mic. All right. There it is. The 27th at 6 p.m. Put it on your calendars. Uh, and we will see you live. Send in your questions. Get ready. Uh, and hopefully we might even have some people sending in some videos who have been previous guests on the show to give us their thoughts about the top 10 as we wrap it all up on February 27th. Uh, you all take care of yourselves. Be well. And we'll talk to you for one last time next time on the top 10. Peace. <laughs>